2: What's up, Ruins fans? Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 299, one away from uh, a very big accomplishment of 300. But uh, I'm your host, Mark Allred. That is Kevin O'Keefe joining me again. Uh, And welcome back, Kevin.
1: And and sorry you weren't feeling well last week, but glad you're up to uh, doing it today, my man. Yeah, I'm definitely glad to be back. I hate missing episodes. It um it sucks, especially at this point in this in the, you know, uh early part of the season here where we're really getting into stuff. I mean, why couldn't this have happened, you know, when we were kind of scratching and clawing for things exactly. to talk about? Exactly. I do want to remind folks that this show is sponsored by
2: betonline.ag. Please go to betonline.ag and use the code CLNS50. Kevin, we are. Let me I got to check the the TO the countdown here, but it says to me the first game is in 10 days and four hours. We yep. are getting so close. So, exactly next week when we do this podcast, preferably next Sunday, whatever, or we'll work something out before then, it'll be 300 and we'll be talking about getting into the 2022 23 season. And I'm really excited. I'm excited for this season, regardless of everybody saying, oh, on paper this and on paper that. I'm just excited to have hockey back ready to talk about regular season games as much as I love the preseason. it it's just gauging where people are gonna sit and and where they sit in the, in the system, in my opinion. but it
1: it's still exciting nonetheless, and we have some discussions about that later on today. So absolutely. I mean, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I mean the season, regardless like you said, I mean, I went through the um, the rebuild in the early 2000s. I'm sure as you did too when, you know, they kind of turned the tides after coming out of a lockout season and things started going downhill from there, trading Joe Thornton, all this stuff. And I don't see this team in that position that they were in coming out of that lockout when we had an actual rebuild. So I think there's a lot to look forward to this season and for future seasons to come. But before we get into all that, like you said, I mean, this guy right here, Mr. Mark Allred has been working his ass off for quite a few years to get himself to the ninth floor and yesterday you were there for the ninth at the ninth floor with all the big hitters watching a game and covering that game and for anyone who can't see it or uh any of you audio listeners he's showing his media pass right now um it's incredible and i'm i'm proud of you i I mean i i've only known you for I don't know, maybe getting up to two years now we're getting there, but I mean, I've seen you work really hard and I'm so proud of you. And I want you to tell us about your experience and, um, I'm happy to be the first one to hear it. Thanks, man. I appreciate that, dude. Um, Listen, I do. I just want to remind somebody,
2: people, that if uh, you want to join us and write about uh, our, the Boston Bruins and articles, or or do a related podcast, individual with friends or with family, you're welcome to do that. Here, we have a really good platform. We have a lot of great people that contribute, and uh, you get up. Op- you'll get opportunities like what I'm going to explain later on. But please go to Black and Gold Productions at gmail.com and uh, send us a cover letter and tell us about who you are, any experience, and and who you'd like to cover because we have credentials in the ECHL, the AHL, and uh, gaining NHL um, notoriety. So, um, but to go back onto what you, you're asking, Kevin, it was a, it was just a tremendous experience, man, and it was gratifying to be honest with you. And I don't give a shit what people say. Uh, it's preseason; it's not a regular season game. Um, it's, it, it was an experience in in itself, and um, I can't thank the Boston Bruins organization enough and their PR staff for putting up with me, to be frank, you know, putting up with me and, and you know, sending emails and requests and all this stuff. They've been very good with us during development camp, rookie camp in Buffalo, rookie camp at, at Warrior Ice Arena um, and NHL training camp uh, access. But we just haven't crossed the threshold of a regular season game yet. But I think that yesterday's appearance by myself as the, uh, the founder and CEO of Block & Go Productions, I thought it was important for me to be there and, uh, and talk to the folks uh, about, you know, what's expected and so on, and how we can get more games, particularly in the regular season. And it's not just for me. I, I don't want this notoriety. I don't want to be covering games all the time. I want everybody else on this blackandgoldhockey.com website and maybe even some of the podcast members to get involved in this opportunity to be a media member because it's important. Some, some of our people are college students. We have over 25 people. And even more when you add the uh, the podcast platform, uh, our, our students in school they you know they can't afford to run their own website. They use this as as like a farm system to uh, to places. And we've we've seen it in the past. Um, Laura Campbell wrote for, for us. Uh, now she's with Nessen. Patrick Donnelly wrote for us, and and he he spent a year at NHL.com. We've had several people go to NBC Ten, uh, and you know it's been it's been a really cool ride. But if folks want to get involved in that as well. Please reach out, man. It's a it's a fun group. We love talking bees. And um, we cover every aspect of everyone's hockey. It's not just the NHL. We go down deep right into the prospects, you know? And obviously we got Dom Tiano with us and so on. And he's a master at at, at prospect talk and so on, and really gives it to you with a with a straight opinion. It's just, I love this group. But I also love where we're going with this. And I think by gaining access to the NHL and credentialed games, it's just going to take us that much further over the bar. I'm not saying that we're going to be the uh, the next in ESPN or anything like that. But it's just just a really good feeling that all this that I've started in 2016 is now starting to really pay off, pay dividends. And I'm so glad that I stuck with it uh, to get this particular moment uh, in my life, you know, just a, a preseason game sitting next to some amazing people and, and talking to some outstanding writers that cover the Boston Bruins organization. And shout out to longtime Boston Bruins fan and longtime Bruins writer, Mick Collagio. He was to my right in the media um, uh, in press row. And uh, just we were talking about everything, talking about what was going on in the game and a certain player and even going back in history, like talking about the Bruins and old Hartford Whalers, freaking, um, you know, matchups and in in the um, in the playoffs back in the day, because I'm old enough to go, you know, pre uh, salary cap when, you know, we were talking earlier about the Boston Bruins and how they sit for this season. I mean, those were some dark years too. I mean, Ray Bork wanted to get traded because he wanted a chance at the Cup because ownership didn't want to pay certain players to come here and try to win. So, uh, just, just seriously, just sitting there up there and and just seeing Scott McLaughlin and and uh, from WEI and and a bunch of other people. I I walked by Daniel Briere of the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Ray Shiro, he walked by me, a former NHL GM. Uh, you know obviously Beerzy and and brick and and uh, and Jack Edwards are up there so I, I missed out on the on the pregame meal. I'm not gonna miss that out, out next time I didn't have I didn't have any cash on me and I didn't know if they mm. took credit. I didn't know yep. if they took credit so I, I just stayed upstairs while everybody was downstairs <laughs> and the uh, eating. But yeah I mean it was a great experience got to uh you know interview the coach while sitting in the in the uh, press conference of the coach and I interviewed um Johnny Beecher and we'll talk about John Beecher later on and i'll I'll provide some uh, some audio of that uh interview I had with him and uh got into some media scrums with uh, mark McLaughlin too we'll talk about him as well so overall I'm just uh, I'm not gonna glam about this much longer but it was just a, it was a real fun experience and uh like I said I just hope we can cross that threshold to to get I'm hopeful my goal now is is a full season coverage uh, and I want to share that with the with the, the contributing members of, of b and the company that we built up so uh, I think it's important for myself and them to get involved so like I said reach out we, we, we do have opportunities I don't care what people say that we're a fake this and fake that and fake
1: CEOs and blah 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 suck it (laughs) yeah i mean you're doing something that a lot of people can't say that they've done well you know know, it's my passion kevin i i I don't play
2: hockey anymore i mean i go out in the ponds every year i have a streak of 40 years consecutive that i've at least gone out in the ponds whether it's really bad real bad ice or just a really good sheet out there so i don't play competitive hockey anymore so I have a lot of time. I used to play competitive hockey three times yeah. a week, ice inline, and in deck hockey. And, and now I don't do that. I have so much time. And I, and when I retired from the game, I was like, you know what? I need something to do. And I just, this was it. And I, and I'm glad I stuck with it. And I'm glad I have brought on so many great people supporting factors of this, of this company. Cause I can't do it myself. Yeah, I give absolutely. total credit
1: to everybody else, you know? Well, I mean, it's great. I remember this time last year, I remember saying to you, I said, Mark, I think next year is the year. I think you're going to be getting into the Boston Bruins press, and uh, here we are today. You're you're in, and I'm sure, and I'm sure you represented well. I'm sure that you left a really good mark on not only you know all of the colleagues there that also are writers and doing exactly what you're doing, but the people who are in charge of whether or not you're going to come back or not. And yep. I think that you uh, definitely. I, I know that you definitely. Um, left a good mark, and uh, no pun intended.
0: Mr. Yeah, I was gonna say that but, really uh, in the first one,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it, it's great. I'm I'm so happy for you and everyone here at BNG, and um, the sky's the limit. Awesome, I appreciate that, man. Let's get some some uh, Boston
2: Bruins hockey talk, Hey, eh? Let's do it. All right, uh, the Boston Bruins made their first NHL roster cuts, uh, sending forward Joey Abati, uh, forward Samuel Esselin, goaltender Francois Brassad, goaltender Brandon Bussey, uh, defenseman Josiah Didier, defenseman slash forward J.D. Greenway, forward Curtis Hall, forward Georgi Merkulov, and that's dedicated <laughs> to our boy Dom Tiano. Uh, forward Luke Toporowski, forward Edm- Edwards Trailmax, who is currently injured, forward uh, Alex Olivier Voyer, and defenseman Jacob Wilson will all report to AHL Providence Bruins training camp. And uh, just to add. They uh, also returned 2022 second round pick Matthew Potra, uh was sent back to his Guelph Storm of the Ontario Hockey League team, and he scored a filthy goal last night with a nice freaking toe drag. And uh, I, I I don't know if it was top shelf or something, but it was a sick goal regardless. So looking forward to watching him. I got my CHL live package, so I'm going to be watching uh, Reed Dick up in. Um, uh, Swift Curran and and all the prospects that we have now in the uh, Ontario Hockey League and the Q now because we've got yep. Frederick Brunet playing up there. So all three leagues are going to be watched uh, here at BNG by several members. So excited about that. Uh, any particular player that you were kind of wishing stuck around just a little longer? Maybe you saw something that you, you said
1: that he deserves to uh, be in the lineup even yesterday's game uh, against the Flyers only one player stands out the rest of them makes sense to me um, but merkulov i i thought when i saw him play i saw a lot of i saw a lot of raw talent coming out of his game um obviously on the offensive side of things because the areas of work that he does need is on the other side of the, of the game the other side of the puck at the other end but i would like to have seen him get another game just one more just one more. I, I still think he should be sent down. obviously he's not you know ready to um, you know step into an NHL lineup, but that's the one player I'd say. but uh, the Matthew Potra goal, like you were just talking about, uh, oh man, uh, the, the thing that sticks out to me on that goal is the patience, the absolute pure patience he had and the skill to pull off that toe drag and still be able to just get a magnificent shot on that. I mean, he drew himself in closer. He, he waited out the defenseman. He he even waited out the goaltender to make a move. And that is some pure offensive skill that this team could use one day.
2: Yeah. And he got that goal from a, from a very familiar spot where his you know kind of idol, uh Patrice Bergeron scored a lot of his goals in his career. So yep. uh, you know, good on him to be uh, that type of uh prospect that's starting to pick it up a little bit. I, I think Pratra is gonna be uh um I think he's gonna have a bigger year than he did last year because of absolutely you know the time, the change of times and so on mm-hmm. with pandemics, blah 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 crap. So uh it's gonna be exciting to see uh him uh and it's it's not a it's not a downfall to go back and, and work on things that you need to do. Take the advice that Bruins management gave you in your exit meeting and, and work on that in the OHL and come back and camp and see what you can provide. Then if you, yep. you know, even, even the year after, I think is going to be one of those, he can't still go to the AHL, but regardless, you, you're you just getting good looks at um, with your parent club and, yep. um and getting, getting good information
1: moving forward to, you know, continued development. Yeah. And when we talked with Matthew, uh, he talked about how excited he was to start up the next season and how he's looking forward to having a bigger role as far as being um, not in a captain or an alternate captain, you know, type of situation with a letter, but just being in that role of being able to mentor younger guys coming in. Um, so I think this is gonna be a great season for him. Like you said, as well, it's already showing um, and he's happy about it too. He does not see this as, um, a detriment to his progression or his career or anything like that. He's excited to go back. He's excited to uh, try to win with his team. And I think they have a good shot at it. They got a good team there. Absolutely. Um, Forward AJ
2: Greer really pumping the tires uh, from the uh, Boston Bruins fan base lately. And I got to say, I'm one of them. I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm on the Greer train. Um, But realistically thinking though, you know what I mean? I, I I get that. He's, one of those fringe plays still doesn't matter what happens in preseason. Yes. You are showing certain aspects of your game to the Bruins brass that are exciting to see, you know, it's exciting to, to think about a future with him in the lineup for what he adds. Um, But he uh, he had himself a night on Tuesday with a, a a second period goal and the eventual uh, game winner in overtime and uh, he's really played well in the past two games. Um, I'm wondering if he's going to get any more looks uh, with three games remaining. If it, I, I didn't. I wanted to talk to um, to Coach Jim Montgomery yesterday in the press conference and ask him about if he's going to be riding a a, um, a veteran-heavy lineup moving forward, or is he still going to be incorporating some of the younger youth before uh, another round of cuts ha- uh, do predict- happen? Happened to happen. Sorry. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, it's just, I, I like what he brings to the, to the game, regardless of who he was playing against. I know so many folks are just saying it's AHL talent. Let's not, you know, get the duck boats ready. <laughs> Somebody said that, and I was like, oh, come on. Your narratives are so freaking terrible. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I like the guy's game. And I, I and I got to tell you, just from what I've seen, I just think that he's the type of left winger that plays a better style and brings a, a more of a service than a, a veteran player like Nick Felino and and I, I just I think to myself it's like yeah you, you think about Greer's game and how well he's playing but it, it would be so Boston Bruins to be honest with you to look at look Nick Felino's 3.8 million and automatically play him mm-hmm. you know and, and I hate I hate that because the narrative for the past couple of years and you've known this and 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 Dom gets frustrated at this as well i've heard him talk to me several times is they say that the better players will get playing time and yep. this is a certain this is the exact example of what i'm talking about greer to me has simply outplayed nick felino even towards last year in the playoffs into this preseason and i just think that he deserves a spot over what i mean are you going to Bench a guy for the whole season and put 3.8 million up in the press box. I doubt it, but I, I just think you got to get something, you got to
1: get something for him and, and free up that roster spot. No, I agree. I think, um, you know, what I've seen out of Nick Felino so far hasn't been enough to warrant him being a, you know, penciled into the lineup. It's just not enough. I mean, he's had some good hits, you know, he is showing, um, you know, that he's out there trying and you got to give it to the guy. He is, he's out there trying, but it's just not there. You know, there's players that, like you said, like a player in AJ Greer, I mean, he is, he's out there making a difference on the ice. And I understand people are going to say, like you said, you know, it's only preseason. The talent isn't, you know, what he's going to be seeing during the NHL regular season. But what would you rather see? Would you rather see a guy like AJ Greer, who's going out there and putting up two goals in a game, one of them being a game winner in this spot against this talent or a guy like Nick Felino who looks like he's barely even blending in. I mean, what do you want to put there? You know, and when I look at that and I evaluate that, I'm looking at a guy in AJ Greer who's earning it. And I'm looking at a guy in Nick Felino where he's losing it. So I think they'll probably, like you said, end up starting off with Nick Felino. A lot of it has to do with money. A lot of it has to do with a lot of things. The intangibles in the locker room. I get that part of it. You know, he's, I guarantee they love having the guy around, but uh, yeah. he's going to lose, he's going to lose that spot. And Montgomery, I can tell, is the type of coach who is not going to sit there and just allow Nick Felino to be out there not giving you what you need for this team to win when a guy like A.J. Greer is hungry as hell to get in there and play some really solid hockey for this team. And we've seen it. We've seen it happen last year to bleed. Are you going to do it again to somebody else? I hope yeah. not.
2: No, that's a valid point. Valid point, Kevin. Um, I, I'm just like – I'm still just – bashing my head every year about the narrative it's like yeah we're gonna play the kids but you never do um and i don't know i just think that some people are earning it over and over. and that's just that's not me pumping the tires of a prospect or or a veteran player that's trying to secure a job in the in the um in the nhl or the or the minor pros at all but you know Mm -hmm. something's just got to change if you know if you want to get if you want to create depth with with bottom six players that that can potentially create to a, a winning atmosphere, you do it. And I, I, I now listen, I, I'm, I'm going to stop myself right there and understand and know that people do understand that, you know, Nick Felino's is a tremendous leader and so on. And I'm not downing that it's just the playing style and, and the production needs to needs to happen. And if guys are freaking playing, you just got to let them crack the roster and, and let them go, you know, because that's, that's what winning's all about is having trust in certain people, and if
1: they have an out a breakout year, well, th- that's just that's a benefit in your pocket, you know. So, yep, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he what he got nine games with the Devils last season, I believe it was he, around he, nine games,
2: yeah. And he and he was a point per game player in Utica in their on their farm system. So, yeah. I mean, he does have the pedigree of getting you know the puck to, to the net, maybe not in a, in a consistent you know fashion, but he adds those other intangibles and he makes impacts to certain games that you you can't, you can't hide from. You can't say that that's not
1: NHL ready. Yep. And I'm just, that's just my opinion. There's a lot of depth this year compared to last season for guys who can come in and take his spot. Absolutely. Jim Montgomery said the same thing. He's been saying it all
2: preseason since he's gotten himself behind the bench for the first times in these in these exhibition games and he's starting to say he really likes what he's seeing from certain people working hard and so on you know and he's constantly said he's going to be it's going to be some tough decisions coming up you know so and hopefully they live by it and just and and go for that youth cuz cre- creating four lines of offense could be could be threatening you know what i'm absolutely. saying absolutely And it could also
1: benefit early in the year when we're missing one of our biggest threats in
2: Brad Marchand.
1: Yep. Yep. You need goals and Nick Foligno is not going to give you those. And you, you need what the Boston Bruins used to have. And I don't like, I don't really like comparing older teams to the new team, but when it comes down to it, that lineup, every single line that went out there was a threat to score. When you look at that Daniel Paie, Gregory Campbell, Sean Thornton line, they were a threat to score. They were in your face and they worked their ass off. You know? And yeah, we need that again.
2: Yeah, that was a line back in the day that could produce 30 goals. Yeah. And your third line, your third line was probably
1: 40 or 50 goals and, and and work your way up. That's what yeah, exactly. That's what we need. I still have hope for Nosek. I'm not fully out. I'm not fully out on him yet. I have hope for him. I need to see more, obviously. I'm not saying like, oh, pencil him into the lineup. He's great. But I feel like there's a part of his game that he's not tapping into, like what he had in Vegas. And maybe he just needs a better surrounding cast. Get guys like Nick Felino out, out of there. Bring in a guy like AJ Greer. Uh, bring in a guy like, I, I don't even know. Steen hasn't showed me enough. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too pleased about what I'm, I've seen from Steen. He hasn't showed me anything that I want. You know, what really sucks, Mark, is that I, I know we're gonna get into talking about him, but I'm just gonna make this statement. McLaughlin should be on that lineup. No. Like yeah. game one should be in there. There's yeah. no reason why he shouldn't be. Yeah. And it's gonna suck when he's not. And I pray I'm wrong. Well, but let's save that for later we'll
2: on, save man. It.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, let, let's get to this one real quick before we take
2: a um, uh, a little break. Um, man, I, this, this this preseason games has really shown something to me, and that that's the emphasis on generating more offense from the back end has certainly intrigued me uh, in these preseason games. And I and I totally understand it's preseason; you're not going to see probably the same lineup as you've seen in these games. But it's really good to see what. Um, head coach Jim Montgomery has mentioned, along with John Gruden, in previous interviews, about generating more offense from the back end and getting the pucks to the net, and 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 having net front presence there uh, is is going to be one of the most important challenges in this season, particularly in the start when you want to generate more goals. Like you mentioned, you know that's that's what you got to do. You got to create more chances, and in this preseason, it, it just really shows to me that they're really trying to do that. I mean, Derek Forbert, his pass to John Beecher the, uh, uh, yesterday uh, was just instrumental, to be honest with yep. you. Saw the layers coming, surveyed appropriately, and fired away. Yep. Also, also the way that Jack Ashon was playing in that game yesterday, he was getting power play time and so on really did the same thing surveyed well got mm-hmm. the puck to mclaughlin and mclaughlin's skillful hands just redirect that in the puck for the first goal of the game against the flyers and that's exactly what you want to see more of it, once this nhl roster gets all built together you have to incorporate more of that game uh, and i think that's where your success is really going to build because if you don't if you guys if the Bruins don't go all in offensively and they just rely on their forwards, if anything happens on the back end, like if somebody turns if, if Mike Riley turns it over, let's just say last year, it was pretty mm-hmm. rough to watch. If he forks over a freaking pocket and gets a goal, our offense has got to pick up everything. You have to get gap, gap control in the score is what I'm trying to say. Um, may, that might not make any sense to a lot of people, but myself, But I will say that that's I just want to see more offense um, because I think that we are we're going to be battered and wounded to begin this freaking uh, this season. So we got to be all that that all man in mentality, you know, next man up has just got to be so um, important.
1: Yeah. Offense generated from the blue line was something that Boston uh, suffered with last year terribly, where they weren't able to get it done um, this year. Hopefully the tides will turn and, and those things that you were talking about. Definitely. Um, and, you know, for Jack, Kishan, one thing I did notice in his game yesterday was that, God, he's a fighter. There is there was a moment where he carried the puck deep into the offensive zone. He got pummeled against the boards. But he slid right through it, got up, and kept going and kept the play alive. That's something I love to see because he's a smaller guy. I mean, let's be real. He's a smaller guy, but, God, is he resilient.
2: Stood next to him yesterday, and I was like, wow, I'm the same freaking height, but not below. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He is a fire hydrant, man. The guy has got, like, legs of steel. Like, him and Steen, unreal freaking uh, quads and shit like that. I sound now. I sound like fucking Barelli on freaking uh <laughs> on uh foreplay pod, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a just another complimentary player that is is constantly getting looks. Um, and I think he will to the to the final cut, you Absolutely know. Unf- will. Unf- unfortunately, will we see Ashan? I think we might 50 50 right now, yeah, I don't know, but more or less, I think he might be heading to Providence, but which is too I bad, which so, is too bad because he's. He's really
1: provided a lot of good spark uh, from the back end. So, yeah, I mean, I have seen some things in his game too that need to be ironed out. um, Oh, sure. But which some AHL time will do, some more AHL time will do well for him. But I think he's definitely one of those guys who'll be a first call up when it comes to needing a guy in there. Uh, But while we're sticking with the defense, I do want to ask you this Anton Strahlman, we've seen him in a game so far. How'd you feel about his play in that game?
2: I wasn't overly thrilled with his effort to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. And I understand that it it is preseason and so on. And he is a veteran and Mm -hmm. um, it's exhibition, blah, 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 whatever. But um, you know, for the, for the first time that Bruins fans saw him, I just thought that there was a lot of gliding um, and a lot of reaching when his feet should have been moving.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I really don't see what other folks are seeing and, and, and i'm not being disrespectful to any other uh, opinions out there but you know he's here on a pto and i get it um but i think that this move was primarily to push um other players you know it happens all the time in the nhl this is not the first time and uh you know who knows he might be able to get a roster spot uh but for me i just haven't seen enough maybe another game or two i might change my yep. mind but once he gets more accustomed to the system and and obviously more trust with uh, more minutes, right. um, I might be swayed. But right now he's just for me he's just a PTO that's here for a purpose. Yeah, I, I totally get that. But he's here to push some other people that I believe really deserve spots, like of Oral. I I want mm-hmm. him in the lineup, even though he did not have a great game yesterday. Even no, even Jim Montgomery said in his post game press conference that this was the game that he was a little not. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, disappointed, you know, yeah. that he could have been playing better. But still, um, that's just something you work on uh, in the preseason and get yourself ready for the upcoming um, regular season schedule.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, for me, with Strawman, I felt when I watched that game and I saw him in there, what I thought to myself was it was fine. You know, that was my exact thoughts. It was fine. Nothing sexy, just it was fine. He was was fine. He just got here. You know, he's learning the system like you had just said. But the one thing that did stick out to me, which kind of gravitated me more towards like thinking, you know, depending on how the rest of his camp goes in his preseason games, maybe he could be beneficial to this team, was the way he was able to get shots through from the blue line.
2: Yep. He was able
1: to get them. He had a seeing eye, like a seeing eye. It was like a seeing eye puck just going through all different little crevices. Like – you know he gets that puck there, and I think that's something this team needs. So I'm interested to see how that goes moving forward. Um, because I I think the Bruins, unless he shows them a reason not to, I think the Bruins are actually heavily involved with seriously thinking about actually giving him a contract. Um, but he I think he has to play himself out of it though.
2: All right, that's where hey. I'm at. Okay, so Let's talk about this on the other side because I, this is interesting. But I do want to talk about our good friends over at at no no, Athletic Greens—not this week, folks. <laughs> can I Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day: Can I sleep? Can I mend? Can I fresh? And can I boost? It's the brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts in uh, four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. It's like an entire health food store in in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, uh, pro sport stars who rely on can i wellness company to support high performance let's talk about each product real quick can i boost allows you to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way use daily before working out when studying for an exam and other times you need increased clarity stamina and concentration can i mend provides that after party liver support that works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Can I Fresh reduces stress and uh, gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural vegan ingredients in Can I Fresh take the edge off without making you tired or unmotivated. Can I Sleep? This is an all-natural and vegan sleep aid. It's conveniently f- and fast absorbing. No mix, no mixing beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in, just spray, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage on how much you sleep you need. If you want to try these ama- amazing Can I Wellness, all natural oral sprays, please go to CaniWellness.com and use our promo code BNG25. That's BNG. Twenty-five to get 25% off everything on the caniwellness.com website. We thank Can I Wellness for sponsoring this episode and uh, and our weekly Bruins-related podcast. All right, we are back talking bees, and I and we're talking about uh, Anton Strahlman, and I just want to further carry this conversation. Um, so if they're heavily considered bringing in Strawman on a contract from a PTO and we're already sitting at 2.2 million over the cap. We need to be compliant by next week, uh, Kevin. Mm -hmm. Um, So what, what do you think the scenarios are going to look like with him being on board and the cap constraints? Is this Bruins team going to need to go to LTIR for half a season, potentially with one or, or a few players, and um, is is that enticing to a player like Anton Strawman who knows
1: that he might not have a job past December? I think they're going to end up moving Riley. That's just my belief. I, I, I don't have any inside information on that. That's just what would make sense to me. Um, I don't know how much Strauman would want. Seeing how he's trying to get a job through a PTO, I can't assume that it would be anything close to Riley's contract Um, might be a mill, something like that. Um, You know, maybe 1.25, 1.5, whatever, but you, you gotta, he he's in a situation where he has to understand that he wasn't able to get a contract outright. And, you know, but he also, I don't think is married to playing either. I think he's okay with just being like, you know, it's either I play or I don't. So we'll see how that goes. But I think moving a guy like Riley can definitely help absorb that. But then, of course, you have to worry about the other money that you already have that you have to absorb. But I think at that point, I mean, they haven't been able to find anything for Smith. I know they tried to move Smith. They couldn't find anything they liked. So at that point, it's either you're biting the bullet and you're moving Smith for what you can get for him. Because I think McLaughlin's ready to step in and do exactly what he can do. Yeah, He's He can do it. I don't care that he's waiver exempt and, you know, I don't care about contracts and this and that and that. The kid can play. Do you want to win a cup? Do you want to have the best chance at winning a cup? Put this damn kid in. Put him in.
2: Talk about it later, my man. Trade Smith.
1: (laughs) Trade Smith, you know, for whatever you can get for him. Even if it's a third round pick, just trade Smith, trade Riley. You now have Strawman for more depth on that right side, especially while McAvoy is out. Um, he will get he will get more playing time too, because I mean, you have Zaboral, Clifton, Carlo, Strawman, and McAvoy. That's five deep, five deep on your right side. On your left side, you'd be looking at, and I'm going to count him in this too because he can play both sides. You have Zaboral, you have Lindholm, Grizzlick, Forbort. And I'm going to put him in there. Jack O'Shaan. There you go. Five and five. You know, with well, technically four and four, with one of them being able to flip flop between the two. That's right. fantastic depth. You don't need Riley at this point. You have guys like Jack Studnika, Mark, M- M- Mark McLaughlin, um, you know, Oscar Steen. You have these guys who can come in, play that right side for you. I don't think. And if you really feel like you need an upgrade on that third line, you have the deadline to do that. Sweeney's notorious for upgrading the bottom six when it comes down to that point of the, of the season. Their best option, you know, in to kind of keep everything really balanced, and um, we'll see what they do. But um, if they are heavily considering bringing in Anton Strawman and turning that from a PTO into an actual contract, um, they're going to have to give to get.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, and and well said. By the way, it, it, it it's going to be interesting on how how uh, Don Sweeney and 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 um, oh, I forgot his name. It's not Ryan Nato. Who's the capologist? Evan, Evan Gold. Evan Gold. Sorry. Uh, it's going to be interesting how they work all this out and and to be compliant and so on. And if they have to use LTIR, I would rather not use the LTIR just for the fact is that I still believe that this defense is going to be constructed internally. I don't think that it's going to be a trade. I don't think that it's going to be this and that. That's going to you know. Uh, facilitate, but I think it's just going to be one of those things that you know we find uh, that Monty and and Gruden they find uh, you know interesting and don't want to explore anything else. Um, uh, a bit of unfortunate news uh, in yesterday's game and um, was the uh, the injury to Fabian Lysel in the uh, Flyers game at TD Garden. Um, uh, I think his name is uh, Rasmus Ristalinen came in and re- just like put his back right into him and what we we were talking about in the press box yesterday was it looked like F- Fabian Lysson just got the wind knocked out of him.
0: That's what I thought.
2: Uh, yeah, so uh so and uh, also Taylor Hall Taylor Hall left in the in the second period and did not return for the third period. So there's two players right there, a short bench on the forwards. And in the press conference, this is what um this is what uh, Jim Montgomery said, which was kind of com- comforting to us. But anyway, here it is.
1: Yeah, they they both – I mean, I don't have confirmation exactly what it is, but they're both minor. Like, they might miss a day or two of practice. That would be max. Yeah, they're, they both so, – I mean, I
2: don't oh, have – Oh, <laughs> I kind of went on the replay. Sorry, <laughs> I'm getting new to new to adding stuff like this because we, we have, you know, the stuff to, to add now, so – um, but yeah, we were, you know, we were all like, okay, that's not so bad. It's preseason. They're going to miss a practice today, unfortunately, um, per 985, the sports, hub beat writer Ty Anderson Bruins prospect Fabian Lysel will not play tomorrow at New Jersey. The bees look to get him back into action for, uh, the following game in New York against the Rangers on Wednesday night. And he's considered day to day. So that's a little unfortunate for the, uh, for the Bruins prospect. Um, hopefully he gets better uh, soon. Day-to-day is a little bit better than the, the news I'm about to bring up. Um, but also Taylor Hall in um, the press conference today from uh, head coach Montgomery as Bruins forward Hall is now week to week. And uh, after his second um, period injury, which is uh, upper body. He got uh, into yesterday's preseason game in first Philly. So um, that's unfortunate to hear is the week to week because we're, we're 10 days away from that. And we've already been, we're already down an elite forward in Brad Marchand. So now we're, we're, we're coming along the lines of possibly not having Taylor Hall. Now this is going to open up a, cre- uh, a very good opportunity for some of these young forwards uh, before they get cut and, um, and to get into more games and, and maybe, solidify um, uh, starting the season in the NHL. And, um, you know, like I said before, it's going to be the next man up mentality here, uh, regardless if it's uh, exhibition or regular season, but um, it's going to be another, uh, you know, break glass in case of emergency situation, but it's also going to be an evaluating factor for the Bruins brass. So Kevin, your thoughts on, uh, on the news of uh, uh, Mr. Hall, not, being in the
1: lineup to potentially to start the season? My hope is that they keep him out of stuff for the rest of preseason and he's good to go, um, you know, come game one of the regular season. But if that's not the case, at that point, you when I look at the left side, it's then I think what you have to do at that point, even though it's not what you necessarily wanted to do, is I think you have to move DeBrus to that left side next to Bergeron and you need to allow somebody – to slot in on that right side, whether it's a McLaughlin or, I mean, if Smith's here, uh, a Craig Smith, or, you know, even I'll, I'll bring this up even though I know, you know, you and some other people don't like the idea of it, but a guy like Charlie Coyle slotting in, um, in that top six um, on that right side. Um, I think they have to look at doing something like that because there's really not a lot of options on that left side to put in your top six. We're going to do put Nick Foligno there. I like what I've seen from AJ Greer, but do I think that he's going to have a chance to shine in a top six role? No, Um, it's, it's, it's really tough. Um, Pavel Zaka is already being brought into the top six uh, to start the year with Marshan being out. So you're looking at, at that point, you're looking at probably a Zaka, um, uh, Krejci, Pasternak type of line. Um, which would honestly be fun to see. I think um, we'll get into talking about Zaka, but I'll tell you why that will be fun to see at that point, but it, it's going to be, it, I don't know how they're going to do it, but it, in my opinion, DeBrusque to the left side is the only way you kind of can make sense of it to really add that depth to your left side.
2: There's a, there's another topic where we can just go right there is just, is uh, the narrative of why is De Brock married to the right side? And, I don't know. I, I kind of go back to what Dom said weeks ago when he was on the, uh, the this block and go Hockey podcast that you don't want to mess with him, his head, and, and like put him in different situations, uh, different positions, and so on. Like lock him into that right side. Uh, you know, when when Marchand comes back and Bergeron, and then that's that's your top line. I, I get that notion, but with increased injuries, particularly to to you know next best left wing that kind of makes sense to move him over now because you don't have Hall. And, um, you know, you can... I mean, here could play the left side as well, but do you want him to go as high as the second line? I mean, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing it, but still, I, I think that Beach has been playing really good. We'll talk about him later on. Um, but we might as well just segue that right into uh, your Pavel Zaka uh, talk. Uh, this is a, um, a topic that you wanted to touch on because you've seen some interesting things during this preseason practice and in the, in the game yesterday against the Flyers. So
1: the ball is yours, sir. I think Pavel Zaka came out and had a really good showing for his first game in a Boston Bruins uniform, whether it's preseason or not. Um, he worked really hard, especially along the boards. I really like his board work. Um, and one thing in particular that really stuck out to me was his ability to – game chemistry with Debrusque. I, I thought that was really interesting to see because it looked like it. Because the first game we saw Debrusque in preseason wise, it was we weren't really sure about it. It was kind of eh, it was whatever. But it seemed like playing with Zaka and obviously playing with Bergeron is great. But Zaka, they had they had like this this whole you know, cycling of the puck thing going on between the two of them that I love to see. They were both in there on the boards, battling together, cycling the puck out, getting it back to the D, getting it to Bergeron. It was really nice to see, especially if that's going to be a line early on, um, to see them clicking like that. And I, I think Pavel Zaka is bringing something um, to, to the lineup that might spark a guy like Jake DeBrus to work even harder than he already is.
2: Yeah, and and what I saw in the game yesterday against the Flyers was his outright speed. Puck yep. battles were really good, um, and and the way he read the ice, nice passes and so on. Uh, a little bit of power play time, and I thought that you know he plays that. Uh, I want to say that 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 check bumper. You know, he just yeah, you know, he just plays really well. It almost sounds like um, you know, like David Krejci. I mean, he's a check. You know, uh, Czech player as well, but um, I, I just like the way Zaka moved. It was really hustling and and really showed me that yeah he could be that that um that mixed bag of tools when you need him to go from a uh, top line left wing with the loss of um uh, Brad Marchand, and I thought he worked really well with Bergeron too. <laughs> and you could see the excitement throughout the uh the preseason and practices and so on when they have worked together and talked after after those sessions that they're real excited about the future and working together.
1: What I saw yesterday was the guy that New Jersey thought they were getting. That's That's how I felt. Valid point. That's how I felt. Um, Like you said, I think this new situation that he's in playing here in Boston, I think he's so excited for it. And I think, I really think the sky's the limit for this kid right now. I'm not saying he's going to become Connor McDavid. I mean, that'd be stupid. But I think his potential of being a top six forward can really be met here, especially if he finally at some point does get a shot at that center position um, in a top six role, playing with a guy like David Passenach or Taylor Hall or you know whoever it may be. Because um, we don't know what's going to happen after the season as far as guys like Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci go. And I think uh, Pavel Zaka is going to have himself a really good opportunity if he continues playing in the way that he's playing, even though we know it was just a preseason game. But there was some good talent out there on both sides um, in that game yesterday. There was a, a lot of NHL talent um, to be seen. So, Absolutely. And Kevin and Hayes you... was probably the best player on the ice yesterday, by the way, too. <laughs> yeah, so right. Let's just go with that. Um, I thought Sanheim played
2: pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, when you're talking about uh... – Shit, I forgot what we were talking about.
1: <laughs> uh, Pavel Zaka and no, uh, his potential.
2: Yeah, um, you know, this is going to be an evaluation year for him. And if he does really good, you know, he could get um, a little bit extra time here. Much like I, I'm I'm really considering that they, if he has a real good year and is and he's, he's point productive and he's just, he buys into everything in all situations, I think that they could probably give him a contract much like uh, Taylor Hall got, you know. Just a simple three or four year kind of deal, or, or even a Craig Smith type of deal, you know, three, four million dollars and so on. While well, the cap is, is, uh, well, we have a little bit of money uh, mm-hmm. in, in the upcoming years, but uh, yeah, I would love to see him around even at this right now. What we have, I mean, he could, he's not the cornerstone like Charlie McAvoy or or um, you know, David Pasternak, but he's just one of those. Facilitating players that has has spent time in the NHL. He's got some experience, and you know, and he's got some talent. You know what I mean? It's it's been on display, regardless of preseason or not. So, an exciting player to to have in the fold for the next couple of years, where I believe could really be a, a cup winner. Is like not this season, but possibly next, or maybe the year after that. Is is yeah. it kind
1: of my my timeline. Complimentary is key to what you said there. I think he will, I think he has a chance of being a really good second line center. I really do. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, this trajectory continues with him. Um, I see him being able to work just the same with a guy like Charlie, uh, yeah, Charlie Coyle on the third line. Once that eventually is a thing. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about his game. And I think, I think all Bruins fans should be excited um, about Pavel Saka and his compete level and what we saw from him in his first preseason game.
2: Um, going back to Jake DeBrusque. Um, I think he's having a pretty decent uh, off season. I mean, sorry, preseason. And um, I think he's going to be heavily relied on to, uh, to bring that offense, regardless of what position he's in, um, you know, uh, uh, Obviously, with the the news the Taylor about Taylor Hall and so on. So, um, I know you. Do you still want to talk about Jake, or do
1: we cover him pretty good? No, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about Jake. Go for it. I think uh, Jake DeBrusque has a really good chance here to have his best season as a Boston Bruin. Um, he is determined. He's excited. He's got a brand new coach in there that um, I've seen no type of. Um, you know, qualm from him about it. He looks very excited to, to work with Coach uh, Montgomery and some of the new coaches brought in as well. And I just really see him just really breaking out. I see 60 points out of the kid. I really do. I think the kid can hit 60 points, especially playing in a top six role. And and I, a majority of the season, he will be playing with Martian. I know a lot of people think to themselves, like, oh, Martian's not going to be back for a while. But from the looks of it, he could be back before Thanksgiving. So. I mean there's not really a lot of the season lost look what he was able to do in that top six role playing for less than half of a season with with that line I mean what was it like maybe a third of the season he played up there yeah I mean look what he was able to do just you know I I just think this kid is going to really shine this year and that's going to give him so much confidence moving forward in his career I don't think it's going to be a oh, he's only doing this just because he's on a line with um, Martian and Bergeron. I mean, we've seen him working on the left side of Krejci and almost hit 30 goals. So, and Krejci's a phenomenal player too. And, you know, that's not a knock at Krejci. Krejci is just uh, not Brad Martian, you know. So, yeah. it's – um, it's he's going to – I think he's going to have a great season. I don't know how you feel about him and where he's moving this season, but that's just what I'm seeing.
2: I, I – I, oh more than anything i just want i want him to have a breakout year as well Mm -hmm. and because that would really put to bed the um the narrative of you know it was it was the coach you know or or it was that and, and that and that kind of hatred that they had between them uh between them so I was talking to Mick Colaggio yesterday about Jake's talent and the way he skates. And what, and what I saw from above was, was really good. And, 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 uh Mick pick, picked out his hands. He's got like really, really good, good hands uh, with offensive capabilities, especially oh, yeah. when his feet are moving, like when he is trucking and he's got the puck on his stick and, and that protection, the way to lean uh, the right way to, to keep possession and also the way he keeps moving and looks behind him. I know it's a very dangerous play sometimes because he can get leveled bad, mm-hmm. but he puts his body down into like a, a tuck and it just really powers through. And if he gets a um, a stretch pass from a defenseman or, or just another forward that's behind, um, he's just – he like Mick picked it out yesterday. He just flicks the puck with a stick, dragging his stick as he's mm-hmm. moves, skating forward and and like i don't know how but he advances it ahead of him and just uses that that powerful stride to 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 break away and create a gap from uh, the opponent so um it's like a self dump and th- retrieval yeah exactly i mean he's just got some he's got some really good hands and i just want to see him just put more together because i think that he could possibly be a really good nhl player in this league um but, you know but i want to see it this year to make sure that it's it's not just you know, the, the, the the hate between the coach narrative. Now it's on you to prove, you know, Hey, the coach is gone. You know, you seem happier in preseason and so on. Let's see what you do in in this regular season is particularly in the beginning. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly harping on saying that this is going to be a challenge. And I think that a player like Jake Dabrowski is one that needs to really step up and be that facilitating player to, you know, to, Next man up mentality, or, or even if you're on that top line already, if you need to move over, do it with pride and so on, and, and do what you're told. And I yeah. think that's going to be beneficial to him and the organization moving moving forward, regardless of, pe- of people hating him and so on, and say that he's gliding, and you know, blah blah blah. I don't buy it.
1: That speed was on display yesterday when he had the when he got the puck in his own end, and he went through the entire team to then you know use that 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 body uh work that you were talking about to really lean into the defenseman and draw a penalty and he would still get a chance there i mean that was um that was some hard work out of that player right there and that's what you want to see.
2: yeah and and i i, I away from the puck and, and with the puck he was cycling well with his line mates and, and i just thought that you know his puck battles along the boards were really good real crisp um you know, even though he was getting um, coverage, sometimes double coverage behind the net and so on, that he was able to find a seam to get the puck to somebody else, you know, yeah. to create a shot, you know, get it to the defenseman. We, we want to generate more shots from the blue line. Well, that's the way you do it is when you cycle and you get that puck around. And I thought that he did really well um, in a lot of assets of the game. Um, and he seems very happy uh, in the uh, the, the uh, post-practice press conference today just he's you know basically paraphrasing here of course but you know he's feeling really good and feeling energetic and those are the types of things that you want to hear uh from a player um and, you know and and it's nice that the, the the question about the trade request and so on is kind of in the back burner for now um and hopefully it doesn't get brought up because it almost seems like he just just wants to get past talking about that bullshit and so on you know it happened big deal you know let's not let's not ruin the kid's confidence because he he wanted to leave at a particular time because maybe things weren't comfortable.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that just speaks to, like I was saying earlier, you know, that the him and Pavel Zaka, they were working the boards in that, in that cycle so well together. And this brought a thought into my mind that I really just need to say out loud. Could you imagine next season if somehow for Some way, somehow, like you know, Bergeron and Krejci decided they were coming back, and Lecce like was ready to go, and he came and stepped in, and they put him with Bergeron and Marshawn. and he had like a fifty-point season with them for his first season. And then on your third line, you had Pavel Zaka, Charlie Coyle, and Jake DeBrusque. Could you imagine how sick that third line would be? That would be pretty sick. God, that'd be pretty sick. Oh, that'd be disgusting. Charlie Coyle is the king of puck possession. And having two guys working their ass off like that who can also shoot the puck, oh, man.
2: Hey, let's, um, let's talk about that third line, the preseason third line that we saw yesterday. I thought it was uh, really exciting and, and worth uh, talking about. But first, I do want to talk about our show sponsor, betonline.ag. Football is back and BetOnline.ag remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll always find the best football odds, team matchups info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline.ag. And your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline.ag features live betting, free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports events. Bet on uh, Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head over to betonline.ag and join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Betonline.ag. It's where the game starts. All right.
1: You really gave that A a lot of
2: love. What? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to we're still trying to do these ad reads on the fly to make it more impersonable and so on. And I'm terrible at reading. So um, but we still got to do it. We're, we're contracted and we're, we're friends with our sponsors and, and so on. So we want to make sure that we do a, a, a good job to the best of our ability. And, um, and I'm learning. I'm still learning. I'm an old man. I'm learning all this technology stuff as I, you know, uh, produce this, this program weekly. So um, things will get faster as I, you know, as I get used to uh, this platform. This is a, an amazing platform. And I'm just, God, I'm so happy my internet is so much better. Not all right. <laughs> all right um, yeah, let's just jump right into the third line before we talk about some of the, uh, the other players um that we have on the agenda that I think we deserve to talk about. We talked about a little bit of them earlier, I know, but I want to touch on some certain things. Um, uh, but the third line in yesterday's game of Trent Frederick, uh, John Beecher, and Mark McLaughlin. Wow, I mean, mm-hmm. six six points. Six points that line earned yesterday in a four-to-nothing shutout victory. Um, and it was exciting to see, and 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 maybe who knows in the future that that might be a line in itself. We might've, I mean, Jim Montgomery might've freaking did something that he says, you know, in a year or two, if I'm still around, that is something that could be very enticing because they were so freaking good at crashing the net, getting to the net and not being able to push, be pushed away from the crease. I thought Mark McLaughlin, especially, on, on that goal that he got with Patrice Bergeron nearby hacking the puck as well was just, he was all over the front of that crease from post to post and yep. he could not be knocked off. And he was still, he still had the agility to stand up and position himself to keep whacking at that puck to get the goal. Um, And that was the second goal of the game. So, um, kudos to him for being a, a warrior out there, but that's exactly what we got to see more net front presence and more of an A-frame that's going to keep you there and not be, uh, a lighter, uh, smaller forward that's going to get pushed around and you're going to get pushed out of the zone. So, um, I love the way that his game was, and, and that whole line. I thought Trent Frederick, and I will give him kudos. I know a lot of people really harp on him a lot for his mistakes, and I get it. I totally get it. He wasn't a very good player on um, on Tuesday night or Wednesday. No, it was Tuesday night against the Rangers. Um, in in the uh, the loss to them. No, it was a win. It was an overtime win for AJ Greer. I don't. I didn't think he particularly played very well in that game. But in this Philadelphia game on the line with um, McLaughlin and Beecher, I thought it was a real turnaround for him and, and he played really good.
1: Yeah, he stepped up. Um, it was definitely his best showing so far of this preseason. And um, I, I like what he's able to create with both uh, Beecher and McLaughlin. I, I think with McLaughlin, like you said it best, I mean, he, he's so sturdy out there, we can't really knock him down. He works really hard and being able to get in and around the net like that is something this team really needs. Um, Johnny Beecher, he's adding a really good aspect to that as well with the, with his speed and the way he's able to get into those, those dirty areas. So I'm really happy with that line as well. Um, I I mean, you never know, maybe that is something we see at some point, Uh, maybe not this year, but the season after or the season after that, like coach Montgomery was saying, I'm just thrilled with seeing a guy like Johnny Beecher just really come and step up after an underwhelming, uh, underwhelming, underwhelming, there we go. Say it, Kev, uh, <laughs> college career, um, which we really can't, we don't even know if we can really put that on him because he was on a stacked team, yep. you know, playing further down the lineup, you know, maybe if he had a better opportunity, um, higher up the lineup, he would have, you would have seen a lot more of that, uh, skill game that he can possess. Yep. Um, Kevin, when we listen to Johnny Beecher right now in this interview I had with him at
2: uh, TD Garden in the locker room um, post game, how's your adjustment going from uh, college to uh, the obviously a little time with Providence last year and the NHL now?
1: Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is just how structure you know
2: really comes into play in the pro game. Um, you know, I think college is more run and gun, getting up and down the ice, and then you know you kind of make the jump to this level and. Um, you know, I mean, little mistakes that you make throughout the game, you know, can cost you big time. So, I've um, just been trying to clean up things like that. And, um, but I think overall, you know, my game is, you know, starting to develop more and more and getting comfortable. How's the uh, coaching staff down at Providence been with Brian uh, O'Ginnell and to, um, your uh, time here in the uh, in the preseason with these these coaching staff? They're all great. You know, I uh, have a good relationship with all of them. Um, you know, I think Monty's done a you know phenomenal job since he's come in, and um, you know, I think the boys are you know really kind of gravitating towards him and um really like his style so um and then moves down in providence i you know really enjoyed my time with at the end of last year and um you know i mean he's a great players coach and um yeah
0: i mean i i have no complaints
2: thanks johnny yeah i mean full of confidence you know what i mean looking good and so on it's just it's so hard for to think that he could be replaced by somebody that is not performing as well as him. And, and to be honest with you, I'm going to just segue right into probably one of our heated conversations is you want to see more from Tra- um, uh, Thomas mm-hmm. and I, I really haven't seen much of it in the playoffs towards the end of the year. I get his, his face off uh, winning ability is, is important, but I think that John Beecher offers that as well. And I, and I think that, the way that Beecher skates and moves is more cerebral than, than, um, than, uh, no six is, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, you know, and they are both the left shot. Um, I, I think Beecher is just a little bigger. Uh, and he, and I think he provides a little more physicality than no six does. And I, I don't know, maybe I just, I'm, I'm pumping the tires a little bit too much of Johnny, but, I, I would really like to see him uh, start as a fourth-line center.
1: No, I agree with you. Um, I, uh, like I said, when it comes to Nosek, I'm just not completely out on him yet, like I am with Foligno. Um, with, with Nosek, I think there is another aspect to his game that he can bring, like he did have in Vegas, the reason why he was brought in to play for this team. But I'm just not sure if he can get there. Um, Johnny Beecher though is making a strong case on why he should be the guy to take that spot from him. If you could have imagine this, if you could have your fourth line be what we just saw yesterday, if if your if your fourth line could be Beecher, Frederick, and um and and um McLaughlin moving after all the injuries are done and you have a Zaka Coyle Smith and a you know and then your top six that we already know about. I mean, Jesus. I mean, that is the type of line that we've been talking about. A line that's going to work its ass off, that could put up points and be a threat every time they're out on the ice. McLaughlin and Beecher and even Frederick, none of them are your typical fourth liners. They all have ceilings higher than that. Johnny Beecher, I see him as like a Charlie Coyle type. Mark McLaughlin, I see him as a better Smith. Um Frederick, I see him being able to be a guy who can come in, come in on a third line and really work his ass off and get you some points on some nights. Um, so to have that as your fourth line would be absolutely tremendous for this team. And I, I think, you know, if they're able to make something like that work, um, you know, it, you can't just give a roster spot to a guy like Nosek and Felino because their names hold something. You can't do that. You have Or a contract to get, value. Yes, you have to give your team the best the best ability to win. And I think one of the funny things is, is that with everything that has gone on with Jack Stannika and everything like that, we're not sitting here talking about Jack Stannica should get that fourth line center spot. We're not sitting here talking about how he should get that third line right wing spot or whatever. It's because he's being overpassed, and I think that we're seeing it now. Mm -hmm. Guys like McLaughlin, he's overpassing him. Beecher, overpassing him. I mean, it's just its a good problem to have. Would you like Nika to show that second-line potential we once thought he could really bring? Yes, but I don't know. I just feel like he's getting surpassed, and I'm not afraid to lose him on waivers. I'm going to say it. I'm going to put it out there. I'm not afraid to lose him on waivers. I'm not afraid of it.
2: I said that yesterday. I, I said that it's unfortunate that that, that Jackson Nika's like NHL success might come with another another organization, you know, because he is he is on a two-way contract this year, one-way next year, but he's waiver eligible regardless of that two-way, and people need to understand that as well. For the folks that don't get the whole cap thing and the two-way deal, two-way just doesn't mean that you're you're able to go down to Providence. It's, it's, you're making a different amount of money. What is important is to remember that once you're outside of your entry level contract and you sign an extension, your three years of service in the American hockey league will actually um, make you waiver eligible. All right. So moving on to the next topic is um, we're not talk about, I know we talked about it a lot, but Mark McLaughlin um, is really making a case. And, and, you know, we do need to free up some, uh, some cap space. And this kid really, really seems like he wants to stick around. He's really got a good attitude. We heard it in the press conference uh, uh, yesterday that he's real comfortable here. Of course he is. He's from, uh, from uh, Bill Rick mass. And these decisions are going to be tougher and tougher as we go along the preseason. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, does this make Smith like expendable enforce the roster spot, and create a little bit of cap space that we need to be cap compliant. But are the Bruins hesitant on what they're going to accept for Smith? I mean, are they looking at a player that they could get a player back or a prospect or something like that? Because more or less, I'm, I, I'm not saying that Craig Smith is trash, and I know that's how it's going to come out, but I would rather just move him for a mid-round draft pick at this point to be cap compliant, free up that spot for a player that I believe is younger and plays a little bit better style of a game than he does. And I think that's Mark McLaughlin all the way.
1: Yeah. Um it's funny. I remember I remember when he was playing at BU, it was his last game playing for BU. Well, not his last game, but it was the last game I saw him playing for BC. BU. Uh sorry, yeah, BC. I apologize. BC, thank you. Um, and it was in one of the um one of the tournament games. And he had he scored a goal in overtime to win the game. I forget who it was against. I think it was against Providence, I want to say. I forget exactly who it was against, but I remember turning to her and saying, That kid right there, A, I want the Bruins to sign him. And B, remember his name. I that's what I, I remember telling her. And I'm not saying remember his name because he's gonna be Connor McDavid, because that's what everyone loves to throw at you when you're talking highly about somebody. You think they're you know the next best thing, <laughs> but no. I think this kid is going to have a prominent role on an NHL team. And I think you know being a third-line guy who maybe can sneak into a top-six role if needed, kind of like what Craig Smith's been able to do his whole career, I think that's what you've got in this kid. And I think right now, today, he can give you what Smith can give you, if not more. And I really, really – I don't – like I said before, I don't give a shit about his contract and how he he's, you know, waiver exempt. And it's better for them to be able to just put him down in Providence because they don't want to lose this guy or this guy. I don't give a shit. Put the damn kid in, put him in, (laughs) put him in. I'm going to start a petition. I'm going to start one of those things online and I'm going to send it off to Sweeney, but, you know, to get into a little bit what you were saying about um, uh, looking for the right deal for a guy like Smith, you're right. Sweeney is always looking to win every single deal. That's what he wants to do always. This is the point where you do not need to do that. You need to shed salary. And you gotta, you got to realize that a lot of NHL teams out there in today's age where we are this year, they're not looking to bring on $3 million of a third liner. They're just not. It's, it's really tough to do that right now. So you have to get what you can get. And if it's a mid-round pick or if you can at best get a third-round pick, perfect. This upcoming draft is great. Get a third or a fourth for him. That's fine. I'm absolutely fine with it. When you can have a guy who's hungry like McLaughlin step in and play for you, I mean, just do it. Yep. You know, it it allows you to do what you need to do. So, I mean, just freaking do it. I agree.
2: And, it, and it's, it's just part of hockey business. You know what I mean? And that's one thing that a lot of people forget about is this is a business. Um, and you have to, you know, proceed forward thinking like that. It, it, it's a tough decision, but it, it, it makes the most sense to me because it almost seems like nobody's really buying into Riley because he's been in the trade talks for so many years previously that it's just, I don't know if anything's, if he's moving the needle at all. Um, but I think Craig Smith is is somebody that somebody could take a chance on, on a mid round pick and still have a whole year of him to play well on another team. And, and, you know, they can evaluate him from there for a future. If he's, I mean, the guy's 33 years old, so he is coming to the end of his career, probably get another two year or start doing one year deals moving forward. But I don't think he's going to be in Boston after the next season no. and he's got no trade protection. So it just makes him easier to move without being um, what I, I kind of think it's unclassy, but I get the business of going up to a player and say, Hey, we want to move you. Can you move you? Can you wave your, your trade clause? You know, I, but we don't have to do that in this, in this situation. You can immediately move them for like a mid round pick and, and call it a day, but, yep. and give the opportunity to players that you keep saying that the better players are going to play, put them in the lineup and have them prove it. Put them yep. all on a short leash then. But this is why having a player like Thomas Nosek is so important because now he's the insurance policy to the younger player. we yep. flipped everything around. Now it used to be, oh, Mark McLaughlin's now the insurance player for the for the veteran who needs to, a kick in the ass, honestly. Now we put it uh, the other way around. So if, if things aren't working well, McLaughlin's waiver eligible um, exempt. So if, if Nosek is proven that he's being the better player in practice and, and wants it more, then he'll get the game time. But if, if McLaughlin needs full a- AHL after that, then it is what it is. But you just got to give
1: these kids the opportunity to get in there first and create a little consistency. Yep, and even if they keep Smith, let's say even if they keep Smith and they decide they're not moving him, at least give McLaughlin that right side. He's already won it over Steen. Yeah. I mean – I like you, Steen. I like what you were able to do for the team last season. But so far, you're not showing me enough. And that's and that's unfortunate, Kevin, because he's waiver eligible too. Yep. You know, and and
2: and Dom Tiano, we talked about this several podcasts ago when he was healthy enough to join us. And uh, shout out to Dom, we love you, and hope hopefully you get better in return. Um, but he mentioned it was weird how Steen's deal worked out. I wonder if Steen was like, dude, I really want to be in the NHL, and I'm only going to accept a one way, and not like go through the terms like, um, Sydneyka did. Yep. You know, and sign a freaking two wave the first year. So I, I mean, if, if Steen doesn't crack this roster, I don't think it's going to be long before another team that sees his capabilities and have been, I mean, there were a lot of scouts in the, uh, in the press box last night, Calgary, Colorado, uh, Pittsburgh, obviously Philly was in the building, Minnesota, um, yeah, there's a ton of, ton of people. So people are looking for, looking for, you know, people and, and Boston's looking to,
1: to salvage a little bit of that cap space to be compliant. So, yep. And unlike Studnika though, I am afraid to lose Steen on waivers. I am. I, I think that if, you know, cause after next year, when, when Craig Smith is gone, um, I know you have guys like Lee sell DeBrusque is playing on the right side, um, Uh, I'm 99.9% sure you'll have pasta I'm not going to say a hundred percent to get people's panties in a wad, (laughs) but having a guy like Steen who could play on a fourth line, if he continues to build, you know, that would be great because I, it's weird because at one point I saw Steen as a guy who might be able to push to be a middle six type of guy, but I'm starting to come a little bit further away from that. I think he's going to be a solid fourth line type of guy who can maybe jump into your third line. Um, I, I see him as that type of guy, but I, I think having a guy like that is important, especially one who does work as hard as Steam. He's a little pit bull. He's kind of like, you know, Jack Sean in that way where he's smaller, but his structure and the way he's built, he's able to really power through things and really work hard. Um, I, I do like his game. It's just right now, uh, guys like Johnny Beecher and um, you know, uh, Mark McLaughlin and, you know, they're the ones who are stepping up saying, I want this really bad. And it shows, you know. Yep, absolutely. Oh, we're thinning,
2: you know, on some uh, some Bruins related topics to talk about, but uh, we might figure something out later on. But let's hear from um, Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's got amazing Bruins hand side items. He's got some, um, some signings coming up, including Sean Thornton. And um, I forget the other person that, that's going to be there, but it's uh, it's definitely worth uh, uh, you know paying attention to and keeping tabs with Bruce uh, via email or the Facebook page um, because he does give away some good stuff as well uh, for liking and sharing. So let's hear from Bruce, and we'll talk a little bit on the other side. <laughs>
0: Hello Bruins fans, this is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. This is the final chance to get your send-ins in for the October 7th signing for number 24, Big Bad Bruin legend, Terry O'Reilly. $24 flats and pucks, $34 for premium items. We will also have O'Reilly jerseys starting at just $79, pucks for $34, and photos for $29. Later in October, we welcome back Bruins legend Andy Moog. And in November, we welcome back Sean Thornton and Adam McQuaid. Stay tuned for more details on all of our upcoming Bruins signings. To learn more about our dozens of hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic.com. At gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go. All
2: right, Beast fans, we're back. We just heard from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Um, we buy our uh, Patreon giveaways uh, from Bruce. So um, if you go to patreon.com Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, like the deals, I mean the details that are in the uh, ticker going by this whole show. Uh, one dollar gets you an entry into um, these fantastic hand sign giveaways, and I'll tell you about the big one we're doing uh, at the end of this month. We're in October, so it's it's time to get ramped up and get on this Patreon and help us out, and we'll help you out by getting four fantastic items that uh, from a legend, a Boston legend. So uh, uh, stay tuned for details as we end the show about that. Uh, But we come back talking about Fabian Lysel. I mean, fantastic prospect, a real work in progress. Um, Has only spent a little over a year in North America. Expectations from everybody are real high on him because, hey, he's the new shiny toy and so on. We've got to get him in the NHL lineup. But you and I kind of, I think we're going to agree on this, that um, we really haven't seen we've seen some good things, good creativity from the yep. player, um, you know, and, and speed. Um, and, and he's just, he's just fun to watch, but it's not all there. Uh, his, mm-hmm. his, his two-way game needs some work and so on. But um, before he got injured yesterday, I just, I, I saw some really good opportunities uh, to score and so on and a little snake bitten and so on, but those are rookie, probably rookie jitters and everything. But, I really didn't see much of him in this preseason. Um, you know, obviously the coaching staff have a way better eye and, and evaluation tool than I do, but I'm I, I'm more or less seeing a a player in Lysel that needs at least a year in the American Hockey League. I don't know if I'm going to go on the stretch of uh, returning him to the Vancouver Giants of the mm. Western Hockey League. Okay. Uh, he he is available. He is available, and the GM. Has uh, the Vancouver Giants GM has mentioned, and I think I mentioned this in the podcast last week, that he will make a roster spot available. He'll, he will move an import to get Lysel in if he needs it. But he also said that's highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. But so it seems like Providence is is gravitating to where he could be. That's not a bad thing, folks. It's really not. Um, much like how Jake DeBrass took his first year in the American Hockey League. I don't think we're going to see – I don't think we see Jake DeBros having a 27-year rookie year without his time in the American Hockey League because of how systems were taught down there um, from uh, – I keep forgetting his name. The former coach of the Providence Bruins.
1: Oh, um, Jay Leach.
2: Uh, yes. Jay Leach. And and now it's Ryan Moushinelle behind the bench, and he's been doing fantastic things with um, the, the message, you know, breeding the systems of how it's supposed to be taught. And, um, you know, and speaking of Ryan Mujanel, we will have him on tomorrow. We have an interview set for Monday, October 3rd. We're going to use it on the black and gold hockey podcast, and we're going to use it on, uh, the new, uh, Providence hockey report that's coming out this week. So the dogs are gone. My dad went on vacation and, um, and he, um, is back from Florida. So that means that. That this face is no longer in my house. And uh they're high maintenance, they're Boston Terriers. And uh look at that, Kevin. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That's well, the that's the Roxy girl. She's new to our family, and she's uh a bit of a pain in the ass, a lot of accidents in the house at Mark and Courtney's vacation place. But um, uh, you know, she's she's a growing puppy, but and Winston love him, and uh they're gone, so now I can concentrate on getting um, the Providence hockey report going, uh, but yeah, I don't believe that Jake Jake DeBrusque would have a, a great season without a year in Providence. So, uh, your thoughts on uh, a possible season in, in Providence and how Fabian Lysel could grow from that?
1: Yeah, um, so for me, um, Lisel he showed a lot of his raw skill, uh, especially when playing um, with Taylor Hall and David Krejci. He he really did seem to work well with them, but my problem with what I saw from his game is that it seems like he's thinking like five steps ahead when he's on the ice. It's it's almost like uh, there was one instance too on the power play where, you know, he had the puck on the wall and I feel like he's just overthinking it and he just completely loses the puck with barely any pressure on him at all. And that's going the other way. You know, stuff like that. You know, I think he really needs to just get his feet wet at the professional level, and that needs to be in the American Hockey League. He has the raw skills. You know, he he's he's there in, in, in a lot of aspects, but he's not in some others. And I think that can really be ironed out in the AHL. And where that can really help him is on the other side of the puck um, and on his decision-making um, to really put those offensive skills to use um i think he would be playing with a really good you know cast of players down there whether johnny beecher's there or not uh guys like uh Merculof and uh, lauko and maybe mclaughlin if he's going to be there as well he's got a lot of people he can work with there to really start excuse me, uh, fine-tuning, you know, those aspects of his game. And and like you said, I mean, it's just going to be nothing more than beneficial for him. Uh, Two other players that everyone felt like this team absolutely 100% needed this year in um, David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron also spent full years in the American Hockey League before making the jump to the pros. So just give it time. Absolutely. And, and who knows? I mean, actually, Patrice Bergeron was in the NHL and then he played a season in Providence due to the lockout, I believe.
2: He was drafted in the NHL and um uh the lockout happened and that's when he played. So he, I don't I don't think Bergeron played a full season and then went to the NHL and then yeah. went to the AHL. I think he started in the A. Because it was 04, <laughs> the lockout was 04, right? Uh yeah, 04, 5 season. Yeah, I think his first year that they were planning on him being a Boston Bruin, but him being eligible to go down to Providence made that happen. I could be wrong as well. I've been really wrong today. Yeah, all I know this is podcast. that he played
1: in Providence. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say. He, however, it happened, he played there. I, exactly. I, I have to go back and look. It was so long ago, and I was only like fourteen, you know, when yeah. that happened. So I need to definitely go back and take a look. But, but Lysel, um, Lysel, could
2: definitely be that that that. Um, Frank Petrano candidate, you know, Mm. that 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 player that went down to Providence and lit it up like 30 when I remember watching Providence back then when he was around and he scored in 30 or 31 straight AHL games. Wow, it was, and I think fifteen of those goals was before his first call up. And then when he got sent down, he lit it up for another fifteen straight games with goals. It was an it was just an amazing, amazing thing. But he could be that type of player, and right. and and force the Bruins to like say, hey, you know, um, you're underperforming. We're bringing the kid in and give him a taste, you know. Yep. So, and I think I think that that rule still applies that um, if you play under nine games. You don't your your um your contract is still a three year entry level and didn't move to two. Who knows? Uh, All I know is he's going to be a very exciting prospect to play, and we we just don't need to rush him into the lineup. Uh, I'm I just don't see it from you know a lot of a lot of folks that have the opinions that that he needs to be there and develop in the NHL and not in the American Hockey League or even back in uh, the WHL. All right. Um. What else have we got, Kev? Anything else?
1: I think that's all I got, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. We kind of we kind of like went right through this uh this whole agenda. But we we did, you know, have time to get all our sponsors in and we did have time to have a really good conversation about about what's going on in the in the news and updates of the Boston Bruins as they continue this uh this preseason schedule. But why don't we just end it there and um call it a, a 299 and prepare ourselves for next week when we when we break 300, I'm really excited for that. Um, hopefully, you, you got the strippers to get over here as soon as possible for the big <laughs> extravaganza, because I could use a few. I'm kidding. I kidding. found
1: some. I actually, I did. I found some uh, use for Nick Felino and I got you a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> you, so, uh, you son of a bitch. You know I'm a sucker for a guy over. with a beard. <laughs> he's he's going to douse himself in caramel and candy corn. So, oh, God. Uh, you know, I got that whole thing
2: going for you. Uh, thanks a lot for that image. But no I do want to show this image as well. Because if you go to the patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast, you will be eligible to win a hand-signed jersey every month. Every month of the season, we're giving away a hand-signed jersey. And um, what I talked about last year, last a little while ago, sorry, man, fumbles, was uh, what we're giving away at, at the end of October to celebrate the return of hockey in, in Boston Bruins fashion. And why not go with a legend like Ray Bork So you will receive this hand-signed Ray Bork jersey, uh, uh, fully authenticated and from uh, Boston Sports and Music, Bruce Sullivan. And you'll also get this mini helmet hand-signed by Mr. Ray Bork, this 8x10 signed by Mr. Ray Bork, and also this puck signed by the legend himself. So for $1, you go to patreon.com slash Gold hockey podcast and donate $1 per episode. And what we do is we take, um, half of your, uh, financial contribution and pay the bills here at the, uh, at the black and gold Productions sports media company. And the other half of that dollar we roll into future prizes for the upcoming months. So this is the big one we're doing. We want to say thank you to our, our old Patreon members that have been around for a long time, like Michelle, my bell she's been around for i don't know four or five years now and she donates five dollars but she's amazing it's folks like that we just we, we want to give back to them but we also want to say thank you to the new members as well that are going to be around for these uh fantastic prizes so um it's a big thing for us uh to just say thank you because uh, our financial support is if we didn't have them have you we don't have this and uh i, I certainly can't do it on my 40 hour a week paycheck so And I know Kevin can't paint as many houses to run a small sports media company. So (laughs) we got that going for us, but we just want to say thank you to everybody and hopefully more people sign on. Um, Like Bruce has got some really cool stuff that are coming up and I want to get more jerseys from like, he said something about Sean Thornton and he's got Charlie Coyle. And I think he's got um, Adam McQuaid, Adam McQuaid was the one that I forgot. So uh, we'll be getting jerseys from them and so on. And uh, Andy Moog is coming up in October. So, We'll get one of those jerseys as well to give away. So it's, it's just a lot of fun for us. And, it, you know, it provides a little fan cave spicer up, in my opinion, because you need it. I see it all the time. I'm going to freak Kevin out right now. I see every one of your freaking fan caves and it's terrible. You need more black and gold. So anyway, with that being mm. said, <laughs> with that being said, I'm host Mark Allred. That is Kevin O'Keefe. This is the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Thank you so much for the shares. The um, interaction, the um, you guys are just amazing people. So uh, we will 300 next week and uh, we will have the uh, Ryan Moujonelle interview tomorrow. That might be a bonus pod, but it's also going to be on the Providence hockey report to kick off that web, uh that website. Yeah. That podcast in style is to have a great guy like Ryan Moujonelle join me talking about the Providence Bruins and the upcoming season and the challenges therein. So Everybody have a great week. Stay safe. It's October. We got 10 days to go till Boston Bruins hockey and I can hardly contain myself. So I'm going to go get all liquored up on Celtics and uh, do all that kind of stuff while I edit this. And um, so Kevin, have a great, great week. I'll be in touch. Uh, Dom, we love you. Hopefully you come um, back soon. Um, But um, I don't know. I'm done. Everybody have a good one. Peace out. (laughs) Peace out. Peace out. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at black and gold pod at BNG productions at black and gold two seven seven and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official black and gold website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out.